0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe.
1: And in three, two, thank you, and boys. One.
0: Okay, and doing the intro in three, two, this one. Week,
1: this, 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 this week. This week. This week. This, 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 this week. This week. This in- week. This week.
0: This Week in Geek, we talk Overwatch League, League of Legends, and Blockbusters.
1: Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another week of This Week in Geek. Um, we are recording this on a Thursday night because schedules are difficult to do when you are an adult. Um, it's so much easier like when you're a kid and you're like your schedule's like built out for you, and all you have to do worry about is school. You remember that, Kevin? When, yeah, if, when our but, lives were not complicated yeah it was a lot easier I just uh I, I didn't
0: like the uh the 8am start that could have been easily Ugh. patched but uh other than that
1: yeah it's it's not too bad now kids today are starting at like what 9 10am they don't have yeah, to so struggle <laughs> I mean it's not that like I, I wish them to go through a struggle but like when we we had to f- we had to wake up early for edu- education like the sun was not even out when we were waking up so yeah <laughs> um yeah so uh how have you been this week kevin what have you been up to uh
0: i've been okay i've just been uh playing a lot of tft because of the there's a new patch uh that we'll kind of go over plus the next event um has been announced um but that's what i've been doing i've been doing that um i'm prepping to possibly uh Get ready for a Valorant cast with my alma mater, so I gotta r- got to relearn Valorant too. So that's gonna <laughs> be another thing. Um, but other than that, it's just pretty much cruising, working on more TikTok content, and just keeping that flow going. How's the how's the um what's it called the 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 trivia nights? How's them going? Uh, I only have like a couple of them every once in a while. It's more like um how can I describe it? So I'm. Currently filling in for somebody. Um, whenever they can't make their one, like I'm the one who, who comes in and like fills in that gap. Um mm-hmm. but uh more recently, uh the guy who runs the whole thing is like, hey, we might have a weekly gig for you. So uh, I might be able to run trivia for myself uh out of a separate spot rather than having to cover for that guy every single week. So Ooh, nice. that's gonna be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, uh I, I stuck around a little bit for the Halloween trivia um this week. Uh, so some of the questions were pretty easy considering like wait the film school stuff actually kind of helps there um but other than that like most of the trivia questions were were pretty were pretty standard. there were there was one called I think it was like super villains like IRL super villains or something like that. And hmm. like it went over like Martin Skrelly as like one oh of the god. questions I was like oh my god <laughs> Karma, like, bro i haven't heard of him in a while it's like like i know the answers to these but i don't want to know the answers to these uh thanks <laughs> but yeah that's how that went it was it was pretty fun overall i i would i enjoy running trivia and i do think that it is it it's fun um it just depends on like the question in the crowd as long as the crowd is like into it like i i really don't mind. Uh, what about you, Matt? How was your week? How's everything
1: going on your end? It's been a, it's been a, uh, it, I don't like working. Um. <laughs> so there's that. It's like, on one hand, I, I, I'm glad I have a job, but on the other hand, it's like, I don't want to work. I'd rather just like do nothing all day or do theater or, or sleep or find some creative use of my, my time rather than being a wage slave. But here we are. That's how capitalism works. Um, other than that, I've just been playing, uh, Starfield more because we have guests to interview on Monday, as you mentioned at the top of the, uh, well, no, we didn't mention it. Um, we mentioned at the the end of the episode, I I keep forgetting because we're recording things and I put that at the very end, but yeah, no. So, uh, I finally got in touch with Maddie because now my schedule is much cleaner because I will be taking a week for vacation next week and I don't have theater rehearsals right now. So. I have time to do things. So on Monday at around noon, we're going to be interviewing Maddie on Zoom about doing voice uh, directing and stuff. And she worked on, um, I think, Deathloop also. And she also worked on Fallout 76, which I've played Deathloop. I have not played 76. But I know that there's, as an RPG, there's a lot of voices in both of those games. So should be a lot of fun. Um, I'm excited. I haven't talked to her in since before the pandemic. But yeah um and aside from that i've been doing a little bit of reading and a whole lot of sleeping um working on tears of the kingdom still and playing some overwatch but that's been it pretty much for me this week um speaking of reading kevin were you normal as a child or did you have an unhealthy obsession with the aragon series of books i was one of the few that didn't
0: do aragon Uh,
1: Really?
0: (laughs) yeah uh wow. I I somehow
1: dodged that one. Uh I don't I don't know how that happened, but uh, Wow. yeah. Oh my god. So if you don't know what Aragon is because you're too young for it or you were like Kevin dodged it. Um, I I was into the Harry Potter books, and then okay. that was kind of like the substitute. They're very different though. Yeah. They're very different. I mean, it's at least so far, Christopher Palini has not come out as a, a raging awful terrible human person being. yeah <laughs> um so at, at least we have that still um but if you don't know aragon was a series of books that came out in the mid to th- no early i would say early 2000s um 2004 i believe was when the first one came out and when that came out like everybody in my class was reading that book like it'd be silent reading time you see like what 25 30 blue copies of this book pop out um yeah and everyone was reading it it has a, it had a really really cool cover that's what got everyone into it is the dragon painting on the cover it was so cool um they made a movie of it at one point and i was so excited for it as a kid but it turned out to be hot garbage i think that's the first time i've ever been like disappointed by hollywood um don't watch the movie it sucks um but it, originally it was supposed to be 3 books and it turned into 4 because the third one was too goddamn huge um i didn't think the ending was that great kevin have you seen um you've seen soul eater right yes i've seen soul, you, you know eater, how yeah. soul eater ends kind of just like the uh the friendship and i'll make you understand kind of thing yeah that's how this book series ends they, they okay the big bad by like i'm gonna make you understand how much pain you've caused everybody and that somehow like makes him even more insane and they kill him somehow like that i i don't it, i don't yeah. understand it um but anyway, or, oh no, also I have a quick story. So in 6th grade like I was one of the 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 know-it-all kids in 6th grade, which I, I you could probably tell that about me. But like <laughs> I loved this book series so goddamn much that in 6th grade one of the kids in my class who was like a certified idiot. Like he he was one of those class clowns who was just like at least you've got that going for you because you have nothing else going for you in your life. Like you're you're just awful all around um and he wasn't even that funny he was just kind of the mean kind of funny who just like made random jokes because they couldn't pay attention in class but anyway hated this guy um he did a book report on the second book in this series called eldest it's aragon eldest Brissinger, and i can't remember the, the last one the last one's the green one um Inheritance, Aragon, eldest, Brissinger, and in inheritance. Um, he did a book report on eldest, which was my favorite of the series, and he did it. He it was, he was completely wrong. He was very clearly making things up. And the funny thing is, is he'd been actually like trying to read this book for a good like six months. It was on his desk, and like you could see him like at least trying to read, but failing very badly, obviously. Um, <laughs> and there's the part at the end of a book report. You know how the teachers like, does anyone have any questions? Hmm. That was a mistake on her part. Cause I just like raised my hand. And was like, why did you say this when this happened instead? Or why did you say this character died when they clearly did not? Uh, and like the teacher, she's like, okay, no more questions, no more questions because <laughs> he had no answers. Cause he made the whole thing up very clearly made the whole thing up. um. And I was the smart ass who had to call him out publicly on it. Um, <laughs> We didn't get along before that, but we certainly did not get along after that. Um, yeah, but the reason I bring this up is because he came out with another book in the series um called Murtag, which is one of the characters in the series it's like it's from his perspective now it's after this takes place. So the last book came out in 2011 um 12 years later on November 7th 2023 he's like here's another book. Go. I mean he announced it beforehand but it's like hey, here's another book in this series that has no longer been relevant. But I still love deeply in my heart. I kind of want to go back and read it again, just to see how good it is. But this dude wrote the first book when he was fifteen, and apparently one of my coworkers, um, at our office wrote a book at the same time when she was fifteen, and like self published it, and like one of the publishers self publishing companies, um, that they went through like put them together as like here you should be pen pals. So like my my coworker Delta and Christopher Paolini were pen pals for a while. Which is insane. I would have killed for that as a child. But yeah. <laughs> kind of cool. Oh god, that was the hardest I've nerd-dumped about a book in forever. <laughs> Me reading young adult fantasy children's books at age 28, almost 30. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> god. Um, Oh god, I feel like such a nerd right now. Um, moving on, before I, I talk more about books and stuff, i ugh. Um nothing wrong with books, but uh, Kevin, speedrunning that exists, right? Yeah, yeah, it exists, it's out there. Duolingo that exists, right? Yeah, that also does exist. Yes, <laughs> would you ever think of speedrunning Duolingo? Ah,
0: uh, it depends on can I like retain the information? Is that's that's the main like purpose of duolingo right but ostensibly I mean, yes i mean you could hypothetically run it too i mean i I wouldn't be i wouldn't be mad if somebody sped run duolingo i think that'd be actually pretty cool if you could get through it
1: someone did speed run duolingo the mad lad did it so normally you you do duolingo every day to try to like increase your language skills it's it's a free app unless you go premium but like and also they have the most chaotic social media presence beside wendy's that i've ever seen oh yeah my god
0: you have you have no idea like on the anime side of things it's it's even crazier because they essentially there was a there was a scene where like a character dies in like one of the more popular animes at the moment and then they're like why aren't you studying and then they cosplayed the bird as like the person who like did him in. Oh, no. just like, you're like you're allowed to do this. <laughs> like they're like God, did
1: can- you yeah. did you do your 20
0: minutes today? <laughs> I'm like uh, if I threatening work for the
1: weebs Duolingo social media or Wendy's social media like that would like as much as I'm like getting burnt out by the social media job working for those two companies. I feel like because they're so willing to do anything and they're so unhinged but like, yeah i think that would like reinvigorate my interest in the industry but um yeah so there's a youtuber joe zapinski who went through all 205 units of duolingo in a speed run he thought it was going to take him 12 hours he did it in 24. He already knew how to speak Spanish initially. He would just wanted to like see if he could do all of Duolingo Spanish in one sitting just for the shits and giggles of it. He thought it would take him 20, 12 hours, took him double that 24. Um, he didn't go through every lesson. He just went through the, the unit tests for all 205 units. Mm-hmm. Um, but like what is 24? How many? Let's see. 24 hours in a day. Let's do the math here. Let's see how long it took him per unit on average. So 24 times 60 minutes equals um 1440 minutes divided by 205 units. So it's about seven minutes per test. Hmm.
0: Oh, that's not too crazy. But
1: but twenty a twenty that's a twenty four hour stream, goddamn. Yeah. There's no way you would actually like learn the language by doing that. You obviously you would have to know the language yeah, the, beforehand, yeah. which you did. But I mean, out of all the things to speed run, Duolingo did not seem like a candidate in my book ever.
0: Yeah, it's one of those ones that's just it's there. Uh, <laughs> I guess we're I guess we're learning today.
1: <laughs> I wonder if we could like doing an English if if you did English Duolingo. I wonder how that, yeah. would, how that would take us it's English like how fast can you run it in
0: your own like native in tongue. your native tongue i think it'd make it a lot easier and
1: um, then i think at that point you'd also learn like where your language skills are very rusty yeah so that would be an interesting test i'm not going to do it because i don't have 24 hours to, to spend on that and no reason to because i'm not a streamer but yeah <laughs> it's an option it's out there <laughs> you can do it um you know, it's not a speed run, Kevin, or at least wasn't a speed run. Uh, I I don't know. The SAG after strike. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was definitely a grind. And as you can tell, and if you haven't heard already, we're talking in the past tense because the SAG after strike is at this point tentatively over 118 days of yelling at the studios to pay people what they're worth and to forget about using AI. Um. The strike finally ended as a, like officially they put the strike on pause as of midnight tonight, which was the 9th of September. Um, So they've been done striking for a day now. Uh, they didn't release all the full details on the SAG-AFTRA website. Um, all they noted is that there's going to be a minimum compensation increases, I believe an 11% increase to minimum wage. Um, Provisions for consent and compensation that will protect members from the threat of AI, and for the first time, establishes a streaming participation bonus. Our pension and health caps have been substantially raised, which will bring much-needed value to our plans. In addition, the deal includes numerous improvements of multiple categories, including outsized compensation and increases for background performers and critical contact provisions protecting diverse communities. Um, Again, they're not going into specifics, but they said that they have these wins on hand they've they've made the deal so far they've won a lot of things what they didn't get was one of the I think the major thing that SAG-AFTRA especially Fran Drescher who is an actress and the president of SAG-AFTRA right now um, wanted uh, a percentage of revenue from streaming sites they said absolutely not she wanted initially 2% of streaming revenue then went down to 1% which was about $500 $500 million a year and the studios are like, no, forget that you're not getting it. Instead, what they got was a $40 million annual streaming participation bonus, um, which I mean, over the three years that this contract currently that they have is good. It's, it's $120 million over the terms of the contract, $40 million a year. um, But yeah, uh, we'll wait and see if they were if and when they release the full details of that contract um but for now the members of Sagrafra are going to read through what the deal is that they're going to vote to ratify it or not um at this point i think they're probably going to ratify it because they want to get back to work and they've got a lot of what they wanted um if they don't maybe It could be a position where the studios will even walk back some of their concessions instead of granting more. So at this point, I think that the strike is going to be over and things will slowly go back into the norm for Hollywood, if not a little bit better for the people working there. Yeah. Um. Moving on. So, um, Kevin, the Overwatch League, mm. it doesn't exist anymore at this yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, we saw it coming, right? Yeah, yeah, we saw it coming from like a mile away. <laughs> it was but, like, I mean, that's the reason we we changed the whole podcast to not be Overwatch League related anymore because like it wasn't sustainable. It yeah, they fumbled the bag pretty hard. Uh, I just
0: think that like. Obviously I feel like there was a lot of things that they could keep doing but uh at the same time like you don't want to risk too much especially if you're like a business like like the league in general you want to want to make sure that you're making money back but uh, right right yeah I don't I don't know it just I feel like the bag was really fumbled during uh during the pandemic and then also on the dev's part of just not like not working on it you know mm-hmm. um so
1: that's why uh that's why we have big questions do you think that if they um they'd updated the meta during goats to be more dynamic instead of just arissa brig forever uh do you think that even if the pandemic had happened that we might still like if the, if the scene was dynamic if people were still watching it because a lot of people dropped off during the goats meta do you think if they were able to retain that peak viewership that they had, that they might have survived the pandemic a little bit better, or was, it, or was it still just doomed to fail without the uh, homestand model? I think that if
0: they paid attention to the game and gave us like, I feel like the announcement and the letdown of Overwatch Two literally mm-hmm. led to the downfall of the game. Okay. Um, if. They kept everything the way how it was, like literally if like during goat's meta, if they just like took their time with it and we figured out like, okay, yeah, this is coming in the future or yeah, we're not we're not gonna get this, but at least we can we can see this coming in the foreseeable future like all of that would would have helped a lot, um, but what we ended up getting was just like this this false promise of essentially having. A game that would be you know game changing would change the way how we play the game and like let us enjoy everything that overwatch already offered us and more um was kind of what they were they were showing us and then we just didn't get any of that so right (laughs) that's uh that's the unfortunate truth of this it's like if if they said like Overwatch 2 is like in the works and they'll like move it over as they're continuing development on Overwatch 1 and keeping all of that up. I would have been a lot more open to what they would offer us. But mm-hmm. right now it just feels like it's like there. there's not a lot being offered here. Right. And if anything, they took more away from Overwatch than gave to Overwatch.
1: Yeah, um, it, it, it was game changing, but like in the wrong direction. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they they took things away and called it a new game rather than added new things and like
1: yeah changed it that way. Yeah, it's like that meme where it's like I can fix him, I can make him worse. That's what happened yeah. here. <laughs> um, they, they made him worse. <laughs> so uh, uh, we we saw this coming. The the teams who are part of the league by and large. I think it was about two-thirds of a vote to leave. So two-thirds of the teams who are part of the Overwatch League are taking the $6 million buyout um, from Blizzard each and leaving. Um, that They're doing that, I guess, to prevent any lawsuits from the investors and the organizations. Blizzard is. Um, they're getting some of their money back. Uh, the Overwatch League isn't dead, dead, per se. It's dead in its city-based form. At the current moment, um, Activision, Blizzard, and Overwatch are looking into ways to have a third-party, I don't call it vendor, but third-party organization run the League next year in 2024, although it's most likely just with the failure of this iteration of the League, it's not going to be city-based, so I wonder what it would be. Um, Kevin, in your experience with, like, the esports community in general, like, mm-hmm. would it just be, like, organizations as opposed to teams? Or, or what other what other ways could they try? Yeah,
0: I, I do think that the best way of them going about it is to ditch this model that they have right now where it's, like, um, it's city-based and, like, you're trying to rally from the teams and the, the city itself. I think that the play is to actually, like, I feel like the play should be to let the organizations choose where they want to go. And, like, not necessarily saying, like, oh, we want to be this city and this city, but rather, like, rather have the orgs represent themselves Mm -hmm. and cultivate the scene from the the beginning rather than having it be like, oh, okay, well, we're going to try this and we're going to hope that this fits the bill and everything works out accordingly it has to be done in a way where the the orgs the organizations and the teams have just enough say in how the games are like ran and participated in rather than it just being like okay this is the one big league this is what we're looking at and so on and so forth um okay i do think that the best way of doing it would be once again just letting it be organized and then have the world cup thing happen again but instead just have like one big tournament on the opposite side of the calendar so that people could be like okay this time it is overwatch like like we're here to watch the overwatch grand finals or something like that mm-hmm. you could still set up the league format of it but i do think that the way how like the events were the season itself did not draw enough people in um to make it sustainable, but also like the the grand finals just felt like another game. It wasn't like something big that we it should was all just be a longer
1: for. version of, of normal season, it felt like
0: exactly. So it yes, there there is a cool way of like saying, Oh, this is for like, you know, glory or whatever, but like I feel like the biggest thing that draws people to esports is prize pool. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the reason why Dota 2 is still, like, popular as hell. Like, nobody plays that game. Like, the only people who play that game are people who have been playing it for, like, 20-something years. But the second I drop $37.8 million as the number, you're like, oh, shit, I gotta actually pay attention to this. (laughs) Right. So, yeah. Yeah, That's that's, that's real money. That's real money. That's not, like... That's not some like Bitcoin funny haha makeup number. That is half crowdfunded by the people who are watching your game. And that's what makes it so good. Like it's funded by your players. The the player base who are gonna watch your game and are participating and enjoying your game are the ones who are funding your biggest tournament at the end of the year. And then that's like dedication. it's not for free. It's not like free either. Like for the company itself, there's they're creating a bunch of content for the players during this time, because like, this is the hypest time to play, play the game. Right. It's just like, yeah, it's it's relevant again. Yeah. It's like, this is the, this is the time everybody's here to watch, like, you know, the, the seventh generation of this team play. And we'll see if like the captain who used to be on the first team ever, like is still alive and still playing. And now he's the coach and you want him to finally get his ring. You know, it's kind of the same way as like, uh, like in basketball where you watch like certain players like grow um over time and then they like switch teams and then they become coaches. Like mm-hmm. when will will they ever get their ring as a coach? Will they like so on and so forth? And yeah, there's a bunch of different storylines. You're here to enjoy the storyline of the esport, but I feel like that is the one model that I feel like has stood the test of time and should be replicated. Is the when you do have a big tournament, have it crowdfunded by your buy your players and incentivize them with in-game items. So essentially, it's like imagine like a really cool excellent battle pass, right? Um you could buy levels to to go up like faster if you don't want to like play through it. Obviously, that's like a good like business model for for the battle pass like thing in general uh, and for the lazy people who have money. Um but that also contributes to your prize pool and then The more that your game gets picked up, the more that people want to participate and help out your game, the more popular it gets, the bigger your prize pool, the more incentive people have to play it and then so on and so forth. So yeah, that's just the, that's just how I look at it. I don't like having to like ask for like sponsors to like lend in X amount of money. Mm -hmm. Right. I would much rather say like, Hey, this is the biggest prize pool.
1: This is all done by you guys. So yeah, like, I mean, even then that like gets people to watch because it's like, oh, people like me are funding this. This is something to pay attention to.
0: Yeah, that and like in the compendium itself, which is a battle pass, uh, they also have like mini bets that you could place on the side for like small currency busts, right? So like, you don't lose anything. You just guess on who wins certain things. So they'll be like, mm-hmm. all right, first person to die in this match, right? And <laughs> You're just like, okay. Who from which team is most likely to make a dumb play and just try to go in and get a get a kill early. Yeah.
1: And uh it just gets people more excited to watch the games too. I mean, because, Overwatch like you did try to do that on their website on the Overwatch League streams. They they had yeah. on the side an option where you could vote. And if you got it right, you would get you would get more like, like credits
0: or, or you would whatever. get like channel
1: points, right? Right. Something like um, that. Yeah, and
0: that, that's fine for Twitch side too, but like also being able to like incentivize people watching linking their account to your Twitch or YouTube however they want to, and then watching it happen like really helps them out with with like creating a better esports scene and having people like even show up for an event. Um the other thing that I feel like this is something that I this is something that pokemon believe it or not fumbled that i do think that a lot of other places can like remedy um you don't get the same incentives when you go to the event live right mm-hmm. um when when i go to an event live i cannot collect the twitch like thing so like i missed right. out on like an emote because i wasn't watching pokemon uh i wasn't watching pokemon worlds from twitch right but mm-hmm. I feel like if you buy a ticket either as a spectator or as a competitor at some of these events, you should get a code at the start that gives you said thing and or something else on top of it for being there physically, you know, um, that that way you also incentivize people to buy the ticket and be like, hey, like you buy the ticket, we'll give you out we'll give out like this specific event enamel pin, right? Like it's something that's really small, but it could be one commemorate the moment uh, commemorate like the event that you're going to and two you cannot get that through twitch like you cannot get that through like just watching the games like yeah you could get it through watching the games and then just have a code like if you're really dedicated you have somebody at home just like have twitch open
1: the whole time and then you just go to the event i mean when i was doing like things and i was having the overwatch stream open what i would do is i would like just leave my computer running yeah (laughs) Yeah, you that that's the thing that you would do
0: for like the the uh like the uh SEA games, right? Like the OCE games, right? On the other side of the world, you just leave it open, you you put your computer, you like just turn off all the monitors and then you go to sleep. And then you wake up and you have Overwatch League oh, points, yeah, right? I, like I, I absolutely did that for like the uh APAC region games. Yeah, exactly. That's how you do it. So I feel like you should incentivize people who do make the trip out to the location they should get rewarded with something other than like merch like other yeah. than like uh other than exclusive merch from the store because that's still money that they have to shell give them give them the twitch things give them all the twitch stuff because they're here and then give them something small on top of that um mm. i don't know i'm just an esports like guy if I were to create a game or like help out with like the competitive part about this, I feel like that would be, you know, helpful. But then again, these, these companies have millions and millions of dollars. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just some unemployed gamer. So <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, I'm just a fan of games and I, I want the fans to be treated right first, but uh, we, we don't know how that's going to go uh, moving forward, you know?
1: Right. I mean, I will say that like when, when, back back in the early days of the league when Blizzard Arena first opened, there was a day when um they gave everybody who came a, a free soldier 76 statue. I feel like they were just like leftovers that they had just to incentivize it. but mm-hmm. it was nice it, it was like a a oh, I definitely have to be in the audience for that because I want this stupid <laughs> soldier 76 statue and it was it was a fun day. I really enjoyed it um I, I think I think the outlaws were playing that day. Uh, and they were they were my favorite team because they were a fun team to watch and root for even though they'd like kind of disappointed us and like Lynxers girlfriend was there and she was always really attractive so um yeah um really quickly Kevin just even with all of the those fixes say, say they do everything right um and they they emulate the best of the leagues and they they do they make all the right moves with this new iteration even with that like considering that they failed this first time, do you mm-hmm. think that anyone would really be willing to invest in the Overwatch League again? Or is this first failure like, you're done already?
0: That's a good question. I feel like Overwatch itself needs to get its fans back in one way or another, whether it's re reannouncing 6 on 6 or like finding a way to bring the players back first. Mm -hmm. Um, That's step one. Like, if you said, oh shit, PvE is done, and then just be like, psych, here's a mission, right? Like, just don't tell us that you're working on it. Just hide it. And then drop it on us out of nowhere, right? You'll get more people to play, and more people playing equals more interest, which then will bring back the league. So I feel like in conclusion, if you're working on the league, you need to make sure that the game itself gets hype back. There has to be something that's Jurassic enough to bring back older players that gets them involved and then wait a little bit for that growth to come back and then reboot the league. Um, okay. I feel like that's the only way to really do it.
1: Realistically, like take away all the hypotheticals. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it coming back or is it just going to like are they just Knowing- saying that they're they're going to try to improve it and then it just dies again?
0: Knowing Blizzard, they'll probably work on some other game and then they'll like, they'll be like, oh, you're, here's, here's the new game. We'll create the Overwatch League for this. And then <laughs> Overwatch will be like, okay, well, we have a couple players playing. Yeah, we're not we're, we're done. So honestly, I feel like they could take what they learned from the Overwatch League and adapt it into something else. But I mm. don't think that Overwatch itself has enough to survive and sustain to create the league again.
1: Okay. Even with like all the changes allegedly coming from Blizzard, like BlizzCon that they announced, like two new heroes coming, a new game mode, like a bunch of all that stuff. That's like I at least the people that I talk to who I still play with, like are are excited to see that. But even with those changes on the horizon, you think it's dead?
0: I think you have to give us a Netflix special in order to really bring us back.
1: You mean the thing that they announced so long ago that never yeah. came to fruition?
0: Yeah, and, and and or PvE, one of the two. Well then we'll uh
1: we'll see if that ever comes to light. Soon. Blizzard soon. <laughs> Blizzard soon. It's always or Blizzard or else... soon. <laughs> um so to wrap up the Overwatch stuff really quickly, I I still kind of want to buy a jersey just to commemorate it so like i looked on their website and i think everything right now is like 50 percent off so if you want something that was the best time to do it because you'll probably never get another chance again to own some of the merch i'm probably just going to get like because they don't have any of the black or like you can't even customize them anymore so i'm just going to get like a white outlaws jersey because they don't have any of the other 2022 merch and i didn't watch in 2023 so anyway moving on because i have a a few other things i want to run through um kevin did you ever um watch yahtzee doing game reviews with the escapist no i i I don't think so okay so the escapist was a uh a pretty big i guess what i wouldn't call them a force but they were a big pretty big force in the um gaming industry world like a lot of people really liked how Yahtzee did the um the no or zero punctuation reviews he just kind of like really quickly ran through um like again no punctuation because he was speaking very very fast and very breathlessly um some opinions about games and like reviews about games I in general really liked his takes on gaming um some of them I didn't fully trust because He's what he's the person who said that oh, the artful escape was a good game, and after that, I tried it and it was terrible. So, some of his opinions I didn't fully agree with, as with any critic, but like in general, he was pretty fair and he, he was kind of cynical, but that was just shtick, but it was fun. Um, The Escapist was a again a big force in the gaming journalism industry, but at this point, they are not the escapist that we knew and loved because the parent company um g-a-m-u-r-s i I don't know if it's pronounced gamers or whatever but the parent company for the escapist um said that their editor-in-chief was not meeting goals or whatever um that the they had set for the company and so when they fired him a bunch of people left including yahtzee who was pretty much the public face or he didn't, he didn't show his face, but like the public voice of the company because he did the zero um, punctuation reviews. So their entire like video team, a bunch of their staff writers left or were fired. Um, And I think within like what, 24, 48 hours, they just, they created their new company, the second wind. So they are going to do their own thing. Although since the escapist still owns the rights to like the names of all their popular content, like, zero punctuation they're gonna to have to find a new way to to market themselves but like they have the built-in follower base who are going to follow them i think that the company for firing these people that everyone knew and loved on the internet um i think that they just shot themselves in the foot if their goal really was to become profitable or to at least maintain profit i, I don't think anyone's going to pay attention to them anymore kind of how like when la weekly fired all of its folks that publication essentially went down by the wayside i think it's one of those things where you're trying to save money but by alienating the community and the people that your fans trust and getting rid of them you are just putting the nails in your own coffin moving on um so a lot of trailers and a lot of things were released or are, are were talked about in the wake of um the the sag after strike being lifted, for example, we got a new trailer today for Inside Out 2 where anxiety moves in. So, hooray for puberty! Um, Arcane won anime of the year, right, Kevin? Which one? Arcane
0: won animation of the year. I don't anime remember. Of the year?
1: Like, did was it anime of the year?
0: I think it was. I don't if it wasn't, <laughs> I'd be surprised if. It won Anime of the Year at like something, but I could see oh, it for like maybe
1: Best Animated Series or something like that. Oh, it was um, what award show is that? Oh, the Game Awards. It won Best Game Best Game Adaptation. That's what it was. Okay, yeah, that That's makes the sense. award it won. I was thinking, um, Edge Runners won Anime of the Year, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. That's where I was confused because they're both Netflix. But um, speaking of Arcane, Arcane is coming back in 2024 for another season. The original cast is returning, so if you like that show, which pretty much everyone did, it's coming back. Um, I-, I
0: realized that I played enough TFT now to like maybe understand arcane so I'm probably gonna go back and like see if anything from this this uh auto chess game like now I could understand more of the lore and like why certain characters
1: work together and so on and so forth mm-hmm. I know nothing of lore and like just but watching the show made me want to get into it I just don't have the time because I do yeah. too many things um <laughs> speaking of time it's been since 2013 it's been 10 years. Um, and in those 10 years, everyone's been speculating about when Grand Theft Auto 6 is going to come. Well, we don't know when it's going to come officially, but Rockstar has announced that they will be releasing a trailer in December. And the internet went absolutely crazy for that. Um, there are a lot of reactions about like, oh my God, is is it actually going to come? Or are they just, just debating us again? But we're getting a trailer in December. That's all we know. Um, apparently the map, from from previous reports and again you can never trust the ones that about GTA 6 cuz they were all speculating about when the release date would be and they were all wrong but allegedly this map is going to be huge allegedly it's going to be taking place in um San Andreas again but we'll see uh you know another thing that was announced Kevin that I, I kind of shocked me mm. the goddamn Zelda movie oh <laughs>
0: Did you Did you hear about this? I I heard about it. I don't I don't know if it's happening.
1: Oh, like... it's it's happening. It's a real thing. It's gonna be a right. live. Nintendo and Sony are gonna make a live action Legend of Zelda movie. Um, Avi Arad, who is one of the producers, um, let me let me bring up his IMDb real quick because he's he's got some credits. Um, Avi. Arad, IMDB. Okay, so in the past, this man has produced Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, okay. um, Spider-Man No Way Home, a bunch of the Spider-Mans. But on the other hand, he's also produced Morbius, Uncharted, oh. <laughs> and Ghost in the Shell. Okay. So it's like, this can, We're getting I, this, 50, can 50. Go, 50. this can go one of two ways. This can be either amazing because he's done the Spider-Man stuff, or it could be awful. It could be it could be morbidly <laughs> get it or, or morbidly awful. <laughs> yes. Oh man, um, yeah, it, it's it's happening that they're actually making a live-action Zelda movie, and people are, um, <laughs> oh, hold on. Also, the the director for this movie is going to be um. Wes Ball, let's look his IMDb up. Wes Ball, he's directed The Maze Runner, The Scorch Trials, Maze Runner, The Death Cure. (laughs) Um, what else? Give give me his director credits. He's he's directing (laughs) the Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, which is coming. Um, No, it's pretty much just The Maze Runners. That's what he's directed. Three Maze Runner movies. but he's going to be directing Zelda. He's going to be directing kingdom of the planet of the apes. He's going to be directing mouse guard, which is a comic book series. So, um, I've never seen the Maze Runner movies beyond the first one. Mm -hmm. i didn't watch scorched trouser death cure, but like, I mean, good for him. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if this is good for us. I don't know if this is good for Zelda, but this is good for him. Um, Years ago, I remember years ago, IGN put out a uh, an April Fool's Day tr- prank where they made a trailer for a, I think it was at the time of Twilight Princess. So it looked like a Twilight Princess adaptation movie. And it looked really good. And then my little heart was broken when I realized, wait, what day is it today? Oh no, yeah. it's April 1st. This is a fake. Um, There's also that, the cartoon way back in the day. Yeah. Well, excuse me, princess. Um. But yeah, that that's happening, and people are like kind of memeing it already, saying like who their quote unquote fan casting would be. Some of them are real. Some of them are like just jokes. Like some people want Hunter Schafer to be Princess Zelda, which she kind of looks like it. Some people are saying that Nathan Fielder should play Link, and if you know Nathan Fielder, he's he play he does a lot of really absurd comedy like the show nathan for you he he had as a gimmick to get this frozen yogurt shop to sell more frozen yogurt he had them sell poop flavored frozen yogurt um he did he's also done the show um what's the one on hbo the uh god i can't remember what it's called but it's really awkward and it's, it's like you can't tell where the line uh uh you can't tell where the line between like reality and the comedy is with him. And it's, it's fantastic. Um, oh, the rehearsal. That's the name of the show. Um, the funniest thing they could do here would be to cast Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt as link pitch. Yeah. Make everyone in the live action Zelda movie Muppets, except link who will be played by Michael Caine. Although <laughs> I think he retired um, cast Jeremy Allen white from the bear screaming. As Link, and there's a photo of him in like a green cap and a green shirt, just yelling. I would, I would be on board with that one. I love the bear. Yeah, Simon the bear was Helberg. great. Simon Helberg is the natural choice for Beetle. If there was a perfectly cast, if there was a perfectly current casting for the Zelda movie, this would be it. It's the guy who plays Howard in, um, I think it's Howard in Big Bang Theory. He's the one with the bowl cut. Yeah, I, I hope we can see Michael Sarah as Toon Link. That that would be that'd be a good like cameo. Please cast Matt Berry as Error in the live action Zelda movie. Thank you. Ganondorf as uh, Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a stretch. <laughs> but I mean, I swear, if they grasp, if Chris Pratt touches any of this, the internet will riot because no one actually yeah. wants Chris Pratt. But like, how how do you think this is gonna go, Kevin? I don't know, honestly. Like, I think it
0: comes down to casting, but it also comes down to like how it's received generally
1: too. and execution. Yeah. Link is a silent protagonist. I, I don't think anyone actually liked when he spoke in the. Yeah. Content. And like, it's totally fine if he
0: doesn't speak. You have to get somebody who's good enough to like betray everything that, you know, Link is thinking. But like, I mean, okay. if anybody has seen the masterpiece, uh, what, what was it called? Willy's Wonderland?
1: Yeah, uh, that worked. Yeah,
0: like, like, it worked. So you can do it. It's definitely doable.
1: I just, it's, uh, this feels wrong to me in so many ways. <laughs> it just feels like this this movie should not be happening. Um, we'll see if it's any good. I don't think it's going to be, but that's not for me to say because I'd I'm not the ones making this, and I mean I didn't think that Illumination would do a good job with the Mario movie. But they did a pretty good job with the Mario movie. So I mean, I was wrong. I admit it, I was wrong. Chris Pratt wasn't the best, but the movie was fun. Anyway, you know what other movies in the works, Kevin? Mm. Or actually, no, who who would you cast as link? Uh, like, Ganondorf and Zelda, who are your who are your dream casts for that?
0: Okay. The, this is just a it's a, it's a tough question in general, um, cause like I I also am in the camp of Link should not talk, um, I think that we we have to do it in a way where, like, I don't know it. There's just so many good options, and then it depends on like which version of Link you want to go with too. Like, if they, I don't know how they would go if they went like breath of the wild link or like had to do like well toon link would be funny but that's like an illuminations thing um Ugh. i let's not bring i really this, please yeah i i really don't know what they would they would do with this like i feel like anybody i feel like you should cast a nobody like somebody like for each one of the roles just do somebody who fits the bill that has no like crazy star power and just let them like do, do the Marvel treatment where you like pick some random person and just let them like embody the role Mm. and then let that speak for itself in the theater. Like, I feel like that's the best way
1: of going about it. Okay. Okay. I do. You think the Jeremy Allen white treatment would work? I wouldn't mind. (laughs) He's, He's fantastic in the bear.
0: He is fantastic in the bear. But I, oh man, would you want him as, as Link? Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. I can see it. I I could, I could see it as Link. Yeah. He has to just walk around and just like nod every once in a while. (laughs) It'd be so awkward to like go from the, that and then to the bear
1: or vice versa. (laughs) Like, I mean, I just found out he was in shameless and I I mean, I've never seen the show before, but. I just found out he was in Shameless because I keep seeing clips of it on TikTok while I'm working. Um but anyway, Kevin, you know what other movie is in the works? Hmm. Barbenheimer. Wait. Those are two different
0: movies. No no
1: no 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 together. It's one movie. It's one movie. It's gonna be it's gonna be one movie. Um, okay. Let me see if I can find the synopsis for this really quickly. The The, the tagline is going to, is D cup a bomb? <laughs> this is, um, okay. this is being directed by uh, Charles brand. Who's I guess a B movie filmmaker. Let's look at, before I read the description, let's look at his, his IMDb. Cause that's what we're doing right now. No, it's not really saying who he is. Uh, I can't find him on IMDb. There's only one Charles brand that's coming up as a director, but it, he's done like billy Elliot and other things that like no one knows about so i mean i guess that fits with what he's doing um but anyway here's the description it follows dr bambi j barbenheimer a brilliant scientist living in Daltopia, a world of endless summers and beach parties and her boyfriend twink Dolman. Dr. Byman, Barbenheimer, incensed by the brutal treatment dolls receive at the hands of human children, ventures into the real world where she experiences humanity in its worst and naturally decides to build a giant nuclear bomb to take it all out. He admits that it's it's very silly and it's absolutely a cash grab. Absolutely, like, playing into the hype of Barbenheimer. Um, He fully admits that, but it's like... It's not going to work because at least with Barbenheimer, it was an organic thing where they just happened to release on the same day and people mashed them together because they were so opposite. Like forcing this, it's not going to make any money. No one's actually going to, I don't think anyone's going to go see this unless they're going for the memes. If it gets actually released and made anywhere, it just, it feels wrong. I don't like it. (laughs) But that's just me. yeah, I, I feel like if this
0: is, like, another, like, dumb, like, scary movie, like, meme kind of movie, I feel like it would make some money, but I don't think anybody would, obviously, like, a lot of people aren't taking it seriously, but it, I don't know if it's gonna be big enough to, to, like, make a profit, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes.
1: Uh <sighs> People should just, like, not make movies sometimes. Anyway, um, I think that's it for me. Kevin, your turn.
0: Yay. <laughs> um, all right. There. There's just a couple of things that, that I have. Um. Lots of it coming from the League of Legends world. I mean, we we're talking about Arcane, um, returning in 2024, which is kind of big. Um, but there's a lot of, like, event stuff going on in the esports side as well, um, Right now, uh, V Flight, who we've had on the show uh, a couple times, um, he's currently observing for worlds right now, um, which is taking place in Korea. So if you want to watch his work, um, or his co workers' work, they happen to be uh live whenever. So if you do see any of the cool, like, in game slow mo highlights, that's all done by V. Um, but the nice. main observing is done by done by his co-workers, but he's been doing uh, a couple of TikToks about like a couple of the behind-the-scenes shots. So if you want to see like what they have to go in and do, uh, you can. Um, so that's that's something that like not everybody has access to. Um, and yeah, uh, Worlds is just kind of the biggest hype right now. A lot of people are on board just watching the games. Um, I don't follow League that much. Um. I, I am more on the side of of the TFT. I'm the slow gamer, even slower than uh the MOBA scene, so that that's where I live. Um but yeah, going from League to TFT, I guess that's a good transition since we're still talking about Riot. Um we are about to head into a new patch and a new event. Um so yesterday we had a client patch for League of Legends, um 13.22 um, which pretty much just made a couple of balance changes. It's only going to be live for like um, a week and a half or so. Um, but this is pretty much like the end of the battle pass and um, the end of this current patch that we have with uh, with like Bilgewater, Piltover, and so on and so forth. Um, the next patch is something that um, I've been keeping up with the TFT on, on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and just looking it's at Twitter. what they're what, never what they're up to, yes, yeah, <laughs> same. Um, but they have new factions coming out, but they're all based off of concerts and music. Um, so we have like, for example, we have like KDA returning. We have Heart Steel, which is that new boy band from League. Uh, but there's also gonna be like other, uh, other quote unquote like headliners who will be um, like classes in the game. So we'll be keeping an eye out for what the patch itself actually looks like. Um, but essentially, they're going to completely change the meta and we're just going to have like this whole music festival uh, kind of vibe thing uh, going on. Um, but I believe that... Is DJ Khaled the- going to perform? <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> They're saying that this all leads up to like an IRL event in Vegas where there's a TFT hmm. open, um, where they'll invite some of the top players to play, uh, at the esports arena at the Luxor, um, and then also have, uh, some performances by the bands who actually perform some of those songs and some of the, uh, trailer music and stuff. So that's something pretty cool. If you guys want to see what the client looks like in TFT, there's a lot of like, you have to scroll around and look at everything, but um, there are going to be different classes, and everything is like essentially. We got a nice little like update patch, and then we got we're about to get an overhaul of the whole thing in about like um, in a couple of days, I believe it's it's supposed to go live on the twenty second, but it might be the nineteenth as well. We we're still unsure about the exact date. Um, on top of that, they've given us a new mode called. Uh Chonk's treasure. Um, it's Chonk with two C's, not at the beginning, but at the end. Um it's, uh, the point of this one is that it's kind of a faster game mode. They give you a a four a level four or level five um unit to start on your board, and then you just get piles and piles of items uh really early in the game, and then you just build a really strong board and then you go from there. So um it's a really interesting game mode. It's fast. So a lot of people have to like get on board with it. Um, but I would say that like if you're if you're looking to just have a quick game, uh just play Chonks Treasure. If you're playing with friends, there's no reason to play normal when you when you have like this faster, funner game mode um available. So yeah, TFT patch coming out pretty soon. Um, but right now we're just kind of sitting in this kind of waiting room waiting for this new uh music patch to come out all right we're going to still keep it in the riot realm uh let's talk about valorant um i don't know how long ago they they put this guy in um to be honest i've been under a rock when it comes to valorant um <laughs> but I was able to watch some gameplay and have my friend play Iso for the first time. So it's like my first time experiencing and playing into Iso. Um, I believe, yeah, Iso is a, uh, he's he's a new duelist in the game. Yes. Uh, and he has a lot of abilities that allow him to go literally like try to try to isolate out of fight would hence his name Iso. Um, his ultimate literally takes somebody out of the game and puts them in a 1v1 against ISO. Um, that is that is his ultimate ability. Uh, he has a shield that he could walk behind. He has uh, an ability called Double Tap, where if you kill an enemy, um, a little orb spawns above them, and if you shoot that orb, you, you get a full shield that blocks one full instance of damage, hmm. um, which is kind of cool. It gives you, like, one headshot in vulnerability if you if you if they're good and they want to hit the headshot but we'll make sure that you're alive to at least see a second um and yeah overall a really interesting character i do think that it's going to be the new like ego pick compared to like reina um reina at least used to like help out your team where you would be able to just like go in and like maybe blind around a corner for a friend and then take a fight but most of it was like I'm the one who has to do all the work and I'm gonna be the one to get all the kills. Um, it kind of feels the same way with ISO. So it's kind of a win more character rather than a uh or like you have to have crazy confidence to play it. So um uh-huh. I feel like that is just the way how this character operates. It's interesting. Um but definitely not my playstyle. I play a little bit slower. I like the I like the smokes and the uh and like making sure sightlines are cut off and so on and so forth. But uh ISO players definitely like the duelist mentality, just constantly going and trying to get some KOs. All right. Uh let's move on to, into anime and uh manga news now. We're we're switching hats from esports to, to manga and anime. Um Yay, first the things, things first, let's talk about AOT. The finale. It is Ooh. finally over. AOT has finally finished. Um and a lot of my friends are, like, finally relieved about it because, obviously, it's been a 10-year journey. Um, Has it
1: really been 10 it's, years?
0: It's been 10 years since we've had AOT oh my uh, God. air. So, um, a lot of us have grown up with it. I mean, I've grown up with it. Um, I remember watching the first episode and being like, damn, that was wild. And then watching the entirety of season one, having fun and, like, hanging out with friends. Um and then now I have no, just kidding. No. Uh, now AOT is starting to end. It is the end of the, the anime itself. So it has, a it has encompassed everything that uh, Isayama finally put out in terms of his manga and it is finally animated and it is done. Um, so uh, if you want to watch AOT in its entirety, go for it. Uh, I still need to do it. I stopped after the end of season three, so I got to get back to it. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to to watching it and seeing the journey of the character, but I know that this is definitely a big, like, this is this is a big moment for a lot of, like, anime fans who may have grown up with AOT. It is, like, this is, like, the grand finale. This is it.
1: It seems so crazy that it's over after 10 years I like it's one of the few anime that I haven't finished obviously because I'm I'm busy uh yeah and it, it just ended too so like it feels so weird because I I really enjoyed that and I like it's one of the few anime that I watched because friends like recommended it to me and I could talk to them about it um and it was it had such a huge cultural impact in like people like it, they added it into games people started making the um the hip launcher thingies. Um, oh the uh, 3D maneuver gear yeah that that thing that people are making them in real life I've seen like people like model them and it's just so many cosplays um cool wow it's it's over it's the end of an era
0: it is an end of the era uh, it is interesting as well um at least for me when when I heard that it was finally over I heard that like a lot of people are saying when this ends like, there's going to be a lot of anime fans who will like have to be and like learn to branch out into other stuff because this is kind of like a big cultural cultural event. It's not like the white woman's one piece, but like it is white, by the way, white woman's one piece is Grey's anatomy. Um, should probably (laughs) point that out. But AOT like ending is like the end of like a really like big era for a lot of first time, like, I would even consider them, like, early anime fans. Um, so, I'm I'm excited that it has a finale. I still have to read through it and or watch through it. I'm probably going to watch it. Um, but we'll definitely be keeping an eye out for... Uh, if Isayama comes out with anything else to supplement this. Um, mm-hmm. Or if there's, like, an anniversary edition or something like that that's coming in the works. Because... Um, the cool thing about usually when something finishes they they either start releasing like a commemorative box set or doing something to celebrate the work of AOt um right now AOt comes in quote unquote box sets but they only come in box sets of like I think it's like five anywhere between four and like seven books each um and they're each broken up into a different like, core of the anime or or like different cores and different arcs of uh of attack on titan Hmm. um but there's no like definitive like big box version of aot so um i feel like obviously if it approaches the 10-year anniversary the end of the anime and manga i feel like they should announce um like an aot like commemorative something um yeah
1: it's to be expected after 10 years of it, like, yeah, you could sell so many of those.
0: Yeah. And then the other thing that I'm really interested in wondering is, does Isayama have another idea in mind? Like, did he end AOT and watch the end of AOT to get that itch again where he's like, man, I want to write another manga Um, or is he like satisfied with AOT and just wants to, like, let this breathe as as its own thing, you know? Um, I
1: mean, he's kind of want to take a break now that it's over, just at least yeah, so for rest. Sure. But, I mean, yeah. as, like I, I can't see him, like, as a creative, like, just being, I'm done creating forever. Yeah,
0: exactly. I feel like he's going to come back with something, and people are going to be, like, looking at it and wondering if this is going to be, like, another masterpiece. And that's, like, I feel like this is something that, I'll talk about closer to the manga section, but um, yeah, creators coming back to, like, add more or to create something brand new. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that's another thing that I'm excited to see if Isayama does anything about it. The next thing that I want to talk about is ZOM 100. uh, Bucket List of the Dead is finally getting its final three episodes. Um, So good news, we're ending Season 1. Yay! Bad news is it's on Christmas. We don't get the last 3 episodes until Christmas. Um it That's was far away. Yeah, we we had hiccups. Uh we had they had a lot of production hiccups, a lot of problems with like getting episodes sunk up and getting everything in time, but um it is a really good series that I would recommend. Like even where they stopped is not a bad part. Um but Obviously, like you want to complete out the series, you want to complete out the mission. Uh, go ahead and uh, let them clear that up uh, on Christmas. Um, if you guys are impatient, by the way, though, I do have a TikTok on where to start if you want to buy the manga or read the manga and just want to read where it's left off so far. Um, I'm planning on doing a couple more of those for some of these other uh, these other series that may have more seasons to come or... Um, have stopped abruptly after one season, so uh, definitely will help you guys out with that. Alright, uh, the other thing that I do want to mention uh, really quickly, um, The Great Pretenders, if you guys have watched that on Netflix, apparently is getting an announcement um, about something later on uh, this month, so I will be keeping an eye out for that as well. That's another good Netflix anime series. Uh, that you guys should keep in mind. If you guys like Cowboy Bebop, you'll love uh, The Great Pretenders. So that's that's another one to just keep in mind there. Um, all right, let's move from the animation to the manga. Um, there's only a couple of things. This, these earlier weeks are super, super slow. So we have uh, the manga releases for this week is literally One Piece 104, uh, Blue Box 7, um, Pancreas, which is... Uh, my pancreas my pancreas exploded but my life got better by nagata kabi um same person who wrote um my lesbian experience with loneliness uh my wandering warrior and uh she had another one about alcoholism but that's that's it's a really it's a really dark series about like not dark but like it's just an autobiographical like series about her life getting terrible but she's she's learning <laughs> from from that and making it into a solid manga. It won a few awards and it's actually big enough right now that her first one, My Lesbian Experience with Loneliness, is getting a hardcover. So definitely check it out. If you if you've never read that one, it won manga of the year, I think in 20 I think it was like 2020 or something like that. Um but it's a very good very good series to come out from them. Um last but not least Shangri La Frontier book eight. Uh, came out this week next week there's only like three literally only three so there's 365 days till the wedding uh, which is another rom-com to keep in mind D gray man 28 which finally comes over here and then uh, Kobayashi's Dragon Maid first volume all cover or all color Uh, Dragon Maid color is coming out so all of it is it's the same manga same volume one but just every panel is colored Um, so yeah that that's something to keep in mind. I think the 21st is going to be a big day for Manga. Um and I'll definitely be keeping an eye out for for that week and what what's being released and uh tentatively adding them to my cart. Tentatively.
1: Tentatively I'm going to buy them. <laughs> <laughs> All right everybody. Well, I think that wraps it up for us this week. Hope you enjoyed um all the the news that we've covered and again next week we are going to be um publishing the interview that we do with maddie who uh did voice directing things hooray that sounds interesting and it's something i wish i could do or i mean yeah it'd be fun um i'm rambling again kevin advice before i I ramble more
0: (laughs) uh play games you like uh don't play them if they're
1: not fun yeah, that's some solid advice. I, I would say that's good advice. <laughs> um, anyway, thanks guys for, for tuning in with us this week and we will uh, catch you on the flip side. Adios. Next week, we will be bringing on a special guest. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us and rate us five stars on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also follow us on all social media at twigpod, that's T-W-I-G-P-O-D, and feel free to send us any questions, comments, or any suggestions of topics you'd like us to cover. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week in Geek.